Hey guys, yesterday was Valentine's Day. Hope everyone had a good one. I had a good one. Now, today's another day, and that means that there's a new episode up of The End with Adam. That's what you're listening to right now. That's The End. That's what it sounds like. And I'm your host, Adam, and this is what I sound like. And this is The End with Adam. So, I did want to do a quick little, I guess, mini bite-sized episode uh, because I've been doing a lot of these very topic-based, uh, <clears throat> sort of episodic-themed episodes for you guys, which uh, I've been liking and you guys have definitely been enjoying. I've been seeing the numbers and getting the feedback, and I'm super appreciative of everybody that's been listening. Like I said, even if it's two people, uh, that's still enough for me to keep doing this. Uh, so I wanted to keep the momentum going by uh, putting out some episodes early on in this week just to keep you guys uh, listening to this channel and keep you informed about some of the changes that are coming to this platform and how I'm going to be doing this podcast. Uh, I did talk about that a little bit at the end of last episode and I did plug it with Davin. I know that I said that uh, that would be starting um, soon within like the next few weeks. So right now I am working with a network, for those of you who don't know, uh, called Bones and Precious. Uh, it is our digital is the uh, name of the channel that I'll be on inside of that collective. And uh, our digital we will be streaming this podcast along with a visual aid uh, on their uh, Twitch channel, which I'll be giving out uh, very shortly once I have all of that information. So um, that will be streaming once a week, but you'll still be able to listen to this podcast exactly the way that you've been listening to it. You know, you can always keep me uh, on iTunes if you don't want to stream me. But the great thing about the stream is that once my podcast is over, unique DJ mixes from other people in that uh, Bones and Precious Collective will be featured. Uh, DJ mixes you can't find anywhere else. Uh, so it's a great kind of thing to have on while you're maybe pre-gaming, while you're studying, while you're staring at your ceiling, thinking about all of the horrible decisions you've made. It's a great thing to have on uh, in the background. So that's kind of what we do once a week through the R Digital uh, streaming network, streaming platform. So uh, I did want to talk about that right at the top, just so that that's all cleared out and everybody knows that that's what's coming up next. Uh, now, on to what we're going to be talking about on this episode, because... That's more important to me, and I'm sure it's more important to you. So let's jump in. Some of you guys know I used to do a movie podcast, a podcast called uh, <laughs> it's called the NOLA Filmcast with a good friend of mine, still good friend, Mike Hogan. We did this podcast for about 52 episodes, want to say two years, and we interviewed people all around New Orleans who were working in the film industry. And uh, talk to them about their influences, their experiences, getting into the production world. And then, you know, the obvious question, why do you do it? What inspired you to get into movies? What movies specifically do you like so much that makes you want to spend 16 hours sweating on a movie set? And we got some really cool answers and we had some really great discussions about some movies that I'd never heard of, some I had, but what we discovered was more than just the details of why a certain explosion was fantastic or why one actor's performance was so incredible. We learned that there are these images, sequences, events that it can affect us so deeply that it can change the courses of our lives if we're exposed to them at the right place at the right time. We discovered the power of filmmaking, which I would argue is quite possibly 
the most powerful piece of media or let's cut to the chase the most powerful piece of human programming that you could possibly imagine that we've had access to and have the ability to create at a grand scale um since for almost a hundred years now so you have to imagine what film has done to so many other people not just the people that we interviewed who wanted to get into the film industry but the other people around the world who saw those same sequences and images and actions and emotions on film and were affected by them and what it made them do i think that is really the true story behind films what does a film make you do and uh i gotta talk about movies again today for this episode i'm sorry this is going to be an episode where we're going to be talking about a few movies that have made me want to do some things with my life that I have learned good things from and I've learned bad things from. But we're going to talk about two very popular movies so that I don't get esoteric on you and talk about a film that nobody's ever seen because that's fucking annoying and no one cares. I'm going to talk about movies that got me into movies, the movies that <clears throat> inspired me to then go and watch the esoteric nobody cares about other films so the first movie i'm going to talk about is kill bill volume one and two kill bill volume one and two i saw at my friend's house on a movie night in seventh grade during the summer uh he had rented it from Redbox, and we got to see it on his uh tiny little tube tv on dvd and i remember the first thing that hit me when i saw the movie was the color scheme and the absolute disregard for what I believe to be a linear format. I thought movies were supposed to be told in a specific way. It actually quite upset me to see a movie that would jump around from time to time period and not stay in one exact place. But what I wasn't realizing was that it was forcing me to have to accept that time itself and the way that people experience time, especially looked at from a third person outside of their own perspective point of view, is not linear. And Kill Bill does a great job of creating a story within that nonlinear space. Of course, they have, Tarantino have, has many other films that uh, char characterize this exact uh, feeling. You know, you can go all the way back to Pulp Fiction and even his first film, uh, Reservoir Dogs. But Kill Bill is the pop movie, right? Kill Bill is the movie that we all know and love from Tarantino and especially the people who got into Tarantino that are in my age group people who were born 94 95 that's usually the first Tarantino movie you see if you're being honest with yourself most of us didn't start with Pulp Fiction as our first Tarantino movie Kill Bill was that kind of cultural icon it, it it had that iconic look to it that made it that Hollywood blockbuster film that would make a 14 year old kid want to watch a, a cool movie and it was a fucking cool movie, wasn't it, guys? Everybody who's seen it, who I know is watching this podcast, imagine the first time you saw that movie. Before you knew that Tarantino stole most of it from, you know, exploitation films and other kung fu movies, before you knew all of that and became a jaded adult, before all that bullshit, you turn on Kill Bill Volume 1 and you see the 88, crazy 88's uh, sword fight scene. There's blood everywhere and the fucking decapitations people's arms flying off there's the fight scene where it's the blue background black shadows of course that's a rip off of another kung fu movie who gives a shit when we saw it it was our time to see it and we saw it through tarantino's eyes and it was fucking amazing we loved it we loved every part of it and i loved it 
And that made me want to start making movies that night. I was already someone that liked to make, you know, stories up and tell stories with my friends at, you know, bonfires. I'd already kind of had the gift of gab. I liked to, uh, to write sometimes. I would journal. All that stuff was already in place. That's different from making movies that are entertaining. And that took me on a very long and arduous journey that I have not yet completed, in fact. But it did start with that crazy 88 fucking amazing fight scene that nobody else was doing at the time that made no fucking sense that was almost cartoonish it started with that and that took me into watching another minor tarantino film a part of the grindhouse uh two-part film series uh it was called death proof that was the second tarantino film that i saw that movie kind of gave me this love for the stylistic beauty of putting a interesting figure human figure on camera and tarantino in the opening sequence of death proof that movie itself is all right kurt russell kind of carries it it's a seven out of ten at best but that opening sequence when you're meeting all of the women of that film and you're seeing them in the way that the the way that the camera is capturing them the way the light is hitting them the way that their environments are informing you about who they are they haven't said a word yet there's just music playing the entire time in fact the opening sequence is just a girl's feet up on a dashboard of a of of a of a car uh because you know Tarantino's got that foot fetish and everything but just that way of capturing the female figure on camera was like, what the fuck? I've never seen, you know, I've seen, I saw Laura Croft and I'd seen all these other, you know, female centric movies. Sure. There's, you know, wild things back in the nineties that kind of did the same thing, but with death proof, there was a a sort of danger kind of style to it. There was an action kind of style to it. And that was for me like, wow, that's something that I've never seen before. And that's something that I think would be cool to see more of. So when I went to, went to get to writing, when I would write female characters, when I would try to do something that had to do with the, you know, sort of showing or f- filming the actions of the female in a, 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 a sort of a filmmaking setting, what I'm saying more is like, when I'm capturing a woman, I, I want to make sure that it still has that same kind of sheen and gloss and gives it that kind of power that uh, that opening sequence in Death Proof gave each of those female char- characters without saying a word. Again, without giving them any dialogue or background, just by showing them on camera. And I thought that was what I wanted to do too. So those were some good things that I got you know, from watching uh, movies back in the day. Uh, I'm trying to think of some bad things that I got from movies back in the day. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe just sort of the jadedness that you get from seeing so many films and so many terrible things be acted out on camera. You start to, and then of course you turn on the news and you see those things in real life, and then those things start getting blurry. You know, you watch a terrorist movie like Zero Dark Thirty, and you watch a guy get walked around, you know, on a uh, on a on a dog collar, and then you you know read our terror reports of what we were doing to people in Abu Ghraib and all the horrible atrocities that we'd committed in the Middle East, and we realize, yeah, we're watching a filmed version of stuff that actually happened, and the sort of deadening that that gives your soul when you're realizing that, okay, yeah, this could be, you know, you can write this off as they want to show you the thematic, 
you know, uh, I guess, uh, effects of this scene or this uh, real historical event happening and look at how brutal it was. And But those people who did those things were never brought to justice. The torture program was never actually truly dismantled in any real way. So what you're really just kind of watching is sort of a simulation of uh, war crimes that are still being committed. And uh, there is something that's kind of disgusting about that. There is something that is kind of over the top and uh, truly out of this world um, about just seeing that on, on a regular basis. And I was definitely a big fan of, uh, I guess, yeah, Middle East wartime movies back in the 2010s when that was uh, sort of a big film topic. So I've, I've seen all of them, from, from Lions to Lambs all the way over to Body of Lies, which is now on Netflix. That's my personal favorite. That's my movie recommendation for you guys. If you do want to see a good, good, good war movie about the Middle East, our intelligence program, just sort of the, the underwar on to, uh, that was happening, uh, you know, underneath the overwar that we saw on TV in the Middle East, sort of the, the silent operations, the black ops, if you'll call them. Body of Lies is the movie to watch with Leonardo DiCaprio. Super interesting, incredibly well shot film, still holds up to this day. Uh, and it was made in 2005, if you can believe that. But I'm rambling, I digress. Those kinds of movies definitely deadened my spirits for, you know, humanity. It made me definitely feel a lot more cynical at an age where that wasn't quite necessary. I didn't need to be that cynical at 17. So I guess those sorts of things, looking back on it now, aren't as, uh, they're, they're not as harmless as you'd like to think that they are. You know, you'd like to think that you can handle these things and you can just watch them and move on with your day. But little kernels of these, you know, images, like I said, this programming, this incredible instrument for sort of uh, affecting humans, which is filmmaking, it can get to you and it will. And if you expose yourself to it uh, consistently as a child, like I did, um, there can be especially emotionally some negative uh, after effects as you get older. So um, that that's real. You know, it sounds like, oh, boohoo, you saw some bad stuff. But it, it, it does get to you, especially when you've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies like I have. And I'm not kidding. And that's something you can check me on. That's something I got the stripes for. I've seen all of them. So it's not like I saw fucking Saving Private Ryan one time and I'm talking about it like this now. I'm saying I was a cinephile and there is a danger to overindulging in the cinematic universe at a young age. Uh, so that's, I guess, the pros and cons, the two sides of the coin of uh, sort of exposing yourself to film and uh, getting things out of it. So that's what I got for that segment. I hope you enjoyed it. Hoped I didn't talk too fast. And uh, I was standing while I was doing this. So there may have been a little bit more energy, a little bit more pep in my step. Reason for that was because I was actually standing and holding up my mic. And that could have fucked up the audio. But guys, we got to try out new things. We got to be new. We got to be fresh. We got to be fucking faster, better, stronger. This is America, motherfucker. All right, next segment. So, next uh, part of the podcast, we're going to go a little bit deeper into some of the other media that I really enjoy. Um, I know I've talked about music a lot. I've talked about movies a lot. And uh, I just did a whole segment on movies, so I'll refrain from falling back into that deep, dark addiction. But what I do want to talk about is the way that social media um, has affected me and um, just sort of how it's chronicled my life and how I use it, um, too, because I think 
one of the more interesting things is sort of the mirrors of ourselves that we show on Instagram or on um, all those other platforms. I, I'm, I'm really only on Instagram now. I used to have a Facebook and that was kind of the, the heart of my social media experience was Facebook for a long time. You know, that was the main way I kept in contact with all my people abroad using that messenger app. And, you know, the, the news feed wasn't always the um, hellscape that it is today. There actually was some fun times in the news feed. It was a cool way to share music with your friends. Um, it was a cool way to like publicly kind of fuck with your, your boys. And, and, you know, just it, it had its time. You know, there was definitely a time where Facebook brought me a lot of joy um but i think about you know sort of the images and the videos and stuff that i see on instagram and that i put on instagram of myself and that i see of others and my instagram has had like so many different phases and so many different kind of ways that i've used it and uh kind of what it is now is more of just kind of a front page for this podcast uh, among you know just a few personal pictures every now and again if I want to flex up if I want to show off or do something fun I'll, I'll use it for that but you know there was a time where every party I was at there would always be some Instagram photo that was you know not necessarily risque but the people who were at the party or or at the event they kind of knew what context that sort of ominous picture was you know was from and I had a whole phase where I had pictures that were like that where they may have only had 12 likes but you know the people who were in on the joke were in on it so I liked the using it like that one of the best things Instagram did and I'm sure everybody else here can agree is the stories you know uh, being able to share those stories that disappear kind of like I guess that's what snapchat is but uh, having that feature on Instagram is really great because you get to not only share stuff that isn't going to be saved forever but you can kind of capture these little moments and snapshots and it's a great way to see what other people are into and you know if somebody else is doing something fun you can kind of be there in the in that snapshot moment with them it's cool it's 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 a cool little digital uh interactive space and it's evolved over time and it's certainly evolved us right like we've grown with these platforms and these platforms have grown with us they've kind of become this bizarre symbiotic relationship where we suddenly need these things to exist and these things need us to exist but uh you know, there's tons of bad things to say about it and all that stuff and yada, yada, yada. You can go watch The Social Dilemma if you want to hear that kind of shit. For me, I'm just thinking about, like, how it made my life, at least from 13 onwards, like this sort of digital experience, you know. There's kind of a digital footprint to so many of the major epochs of my life that are all cataloged on these platforms. And it's the same for a lot of other people, everybody listening to this. Um, I'm even so crazy that I have now a podcast where, you know, in 20 years, I'll be able to listen back on my trials and tribulations in this particular epoch of my life. So there is this sort of meta kind of experience that you have with the way that media that is self-created, let's call it content, right, self-created, put on the internet, and then archived. Uh, and when that content is about you and concerns you and is about your life, uh, it can become this thing that kind of creates, like I said, this mirror, this digital double version of yourself that sometimes isn't actually you at all. And that's another way that I use my Instagram. And that's something that a lot of people don't really understand about some of the earlier photos, some of the earlier pictures, especially of me in my days in New Orleans was that my way of using Instagram was to make a joke of the idea 
of you getting to know me through these very superficial, very easily manipulated pictures and photographs of my or pictures and videos of my life. So what I would do instead is, you know, I was I was a college student that was poor, right? Like I didn't have anything that was crazy going on, but I did get to work on movie sets. So sometimes, you know, I'd see a really cool thing or there'd be a really ex incredible experience and I'd just post that up there. And it would look like if, you know, weren't careful enough that, holy shit, this guy is like out there like doing some crazy ass shit. Is he okay? You know, like it, it almost looked dangerous. Like it'd be like a bus exploding or something. People would be like, what the fuck? But it's like, no, I'm, I'm on set doing something. But it's just fun to get people to buy in to that uh, mirror. And so much people, so many people are so much better than me at doing that. And a lot of people, that's their actual job, right? Is giving you a mirror of themselves that's so entertaining that you're willing to pay for it in some way. And uh, it makes you wonder if that's kind of what this might be. Could it be possible that the end with Adam has been uh, one of these kinds of little content experiments? What if I'm not real at all? What if these stories I've been telling and all these people that I've been interviewing, what if they're just guys I've met in college, girls I met in college, and said, wouldn't it be fun to put together a little radio play where we pretend to be these people that go through all these experiences and share them and grow and learn and all this fun stuff? Wouldn't that be cool? What if that was what this podcast was? What if it was performance art? What if even when you met me, I was still in character and I was still pretending to play this guy? And in fact, you've never even gotten to know who this person was or what this podcast was really about. What you got instead was that digital mirror meant only to entertain and nothing else. This has been another great episode of The End with Adam. Please check me out on Instagram. That is A underscore B A R. Ooh, almost got it wrong. A underscore B A A R I. That's. A underscore B-A-A-R-I. You can find me on Instagram. You can also find our Twitch channel, which is going to be coming up soon. You can go ahead and look up the website and listen to these episodes through there or on your podcast app, which is going to be your Apple podcast app. We are not yet on Spotify. We're still working on that deal. But podcast app you can find me there or check me out on www.theendwithadam i love you guys everything's been great uh i hope everything's been great with you guys and uh, i hope this episode was fun and uh, a little weird and made you feel a little i don't know kind of creeped out by me that'd be cool okay bye bye